Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling to messy situationships and conscious and coupling from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text, sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it. Ah, yeah, you are invited. Ah, needing therapy. I guarantee, baby, we got it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. I am Naomi. And I'm Andy. And we are a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, period, (laughs) we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. Yes, folks, this is the show going forward. And by the way, I would like to say... Have uh, you noticed? Have you noticed? Change it. Ew, a little Bowie, Naomi. (laughs) (sighs) I did not know. I did not know anything about David Bowie before, because like when I was a kid, he was just the guy that went on uh, tour with Nine Inch Nails, and I was like, <laughs> "Who, who's this British geezer?" <laughs> and then I found out, and then I heard Changes in Hunky Dory, and I'm like, "This is amazing." Wait, this is that guy? This is the guy that was on tour with? Uh, did uh, I'm afraid of Americans. True. I mean, who is it? Who is it? He was the first one to say it. <laughs> and I'm like, "Thank you for your bravery." Um. So, you- but yes, Changes. The changes you are talking about. We are now on Acast. Yes, we are on Acast, a podcast network that sells advertisements for yes. us. Now, That's the relationship. Now, most of you are just like, 
Uh, we don't care. <laughs> but some longtime listeners who may have like heard of uh, the uh, Surus that we dealt with uh, with our last network. Yep. Um, that shall remain nameless. That shall remain the Voldemort of the podcast world shall be unnamed. Uh, you know, why would you do this again? Well, I'll tell you why. Because all, look, Acast, very nice people, but they just sell ads. And I'll tell you what. I have been uh, editing this show since we left uh, Voldemort, mm-hmm. the Voldemort Network. Yeah. And uh, I will tell you, I'm fine at it. <laughs> but uh, we needed to, let's say, hire a professional to put this thing yes. together. And hiring a professional costs money. And we can get money for the professional by splitting the ad sales with but, someone. Yeah. Yes. In walks a cast. In walks a cast and just throws wads of ones at our feet. Wads of nickels. Wads of nickels. You guys, also though, just, <laughs> just as for... un- unloads a sack of nickels <laughs> at our feet. For real, for real though, you know, we want to thank our Patreons. You guys have, you know, we always say y'all keep us afloat and that ain't no lie, okay? Yes. I still feel like y'all are 90% of the battle, even with our new, I wouldn't even call it ACAST a daddy. I would call them like an auntie. Even with <laughs> new auntie ACAST. Uh, we... I'm going to say 98%. We are supported by the Patreon, and we appreciate. We the appreciate heck you. Out of we you. love you. We value you, and I guess that's all I wanted to say. I yeah. just really wanted the Patreon to know that. So, honestly, quite honestly, can we please talk about our guest, our guest, and also dear friend? Oh yes, we will never talk about unless Acast does us dirty. We will never mention them again. After this. <laughs> uh, you've already heard his dulcet <laughs> tones in the introduction. Today, we are helping you handle your scandal with Elliot Glazer. Writer, actor, comedian. You know Elliot from his work. He's been a writer on Younger, New Girl. He's been on Broad City. I mean, he's giving us all of it. Okay. He also hosts the show Haunting Renditions, mm-hmm. where he sings like an angel, reimagines pop songs. That's where I felt. I think I mentioned in this episode, but I think that's where I first fell in love with him. That was hearing vocal. him. Yes. He did a, a rendition of a Billy Joel song. Uh huh. And up to that point, I had been. Very hostile towards Billy Joel. <laughs> I know. Well, when he kind of re- rearranges it and strips it down, he really makes these pop songs sound very highbrow. My personal favorite is Bugaboo by Destiny's Child. <laughs> um, but old friend of ours. Also uh, the co-host of the podcast, You're Making It Worse. With H. Allen Scott, Brent Sullivan, Elliot, three wonderful gents. I can't say enough good things about these people. Elliot, though I will say, no offense to H. Allen or Brent. Elliot's closest to our heart. Wow. Okay. Well, you just made it a competition. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, closest. H-, H. Allen Brent, step it up. <laughs> <laughs> of course, before we get into the episode, Naomi, uh, I believe you are ho- also hosting another podcast at this moment. Oh my God, Andy, that is wild that you say that because that is factual. That's actual and factual. I co-host the podcast I Love a Lifetime Movie with comedian Megan Gailey, and it is what you think it is. We recap Lifetime movies, and it is a good time. These movies are wild, okay? We have talked about the movie Deadly Misconduct, Deadly Mile High Club, Sleepwalking in Suburbia, Pool Boy Nightmare. We actually have Andy coming up on a future episode where we watch the movie My Husband's Deadly Past. So you can sign up for that wherever you like to get your pods. It is a good time. Uh, and one other thing. Now, uh, over the pandemic, we were doing a, a Twitch show every Wednesday. And the uh, we're going to do the final regular one. We'll be doing these intermittently from now on. But the final regular one is tomorrow. May 26th. 2, 2 p.m. PST. We're pulling out all the stops. 
there's going to be a, a special video I show that I think will knock everyone's socks off. So if uh, you want to tune in, uh, if you're uh, not back at work yet, uh, it's uh, at uh, 2 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod. Hope to see you there. Join the group. Join group. It's been rejuvenating over this uh, pandemic. Truly. And uh, I, I truly treasure the uh, the community that we built around the show. So uh, I think that's about it. Uh, enough schmaltz. There was a lot of schmaltz in a this A lot intro. of schmaltz, okay? <laughs> Speaking of rejuvenating, let's get to Elliot. Roll it! We said before... I said. I said before we started that I already had this interview in my head because yes. I I know you pretty well, Elliot, and mm-hmm. uh, we have broken bread before. <laughs> I, I've... Here's my new rule, by the way. Don't stop me on the street if we haven't broken bread together. That's wow. my new rule. Right. Mm-hmm. If we've seen each other casually at a party, you can say hi, and we go on our separate ways. If we've had a meal before... Yeah, then you stop. Then you can stop and say hello. That's and fair. I think... I would like, look, I'm trying to get rid of all the gray areas in in society so that yes. we all know the social rules. So no one's at a party being like, oh, am I being awkward? Am I being, I don't know what I'm doing. All right. So, but if we just had like a whole set of rules to follow, that's that right. get rid of all that social awkwardness. And now, you would know. Yeah. Did you break bread or did you break matzah this week? Uh, mm, let's, uh, let's not, let's, <laughs> let's sidestep that question. I, okay, no, I, I'll answer. I'll answer. Here's the deal. This is the deal. Uh, I'm a vegetarian, and uh, I found a couple years ago that Passover was inordinately difficult with my diet. And so I said, uh, oh, I'm an adult. I can choose whether I <laughs> uh, I keep Pesadic or not. And I, I, chose, uh, I, I chose correctly, like Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail. I chose correctly. I, have the, I don't mean it as like guilt. I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't. I don't follow Passover, but I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> he feels a little guilt. Oh, oh yeah. No, no. I was, I was not reacting to you. When oh, you good, said good. that, well, I saw a visage of my dad talking oh. about, talking back yeah. to me. They'd prefer you do, I assume. But I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I also feel, I mean, with the COVID of it all, it's like if I even had the inkling of wanting to do it before this year, not even being able to go to like a Seder, fuck it. No, yeah. Yeah. no. Although I did ask my dad, and he didn't. And he forgot to um, send me macaroon, chocolate covered macaroons mm. from the shop right near my grandma's house on Long Island. <laughs> macaroons are the most incredible macaroons you have ever tasted. Really? <laughs> and they're always from Shoprite. Uh-huh. And they're not fancy. They're just literally perfect. <laughs> and he forgot. And I'm like, do I hold? Do I hold a grudge? You know. <laughs> Do I get mad at my dad? Let it go. Larry's got enough going on. He does. I think you have to let it go. But can we talk about how sometimes like grocery stores will just have like a random ass good food? Yeah. Like something they make themselves. Like for instance, that Wegmans near your parents makes the best whitefish salad I've ever had. And I've been to like, and then back in, because I had whitefish salad for the first time in Pennsylvania. And it was Mm -hmm. like grocery store whitefish. And I was like, this is delicious. I come to New York, honey. I go to Zay Bar's disgusting no you know why because it's got i don't like celery in it i don't like the onions and stuff like they put stuff in it at other places i also want to take down say bars i want to take down (laughs) these big new york delis because i think they got too much power and the food does not the food the the quality of the food is not up to the the branding of the business i feel such a warmth 
such a warmth toward Jewish food, you know, culturally that it's hard to disappoint me. But when it happens, boy, am I disappointed. <laughs> boy, oh boy. My, my parents are in Florida, of course. Now they have a condo there. So they, you know, snowbird and go back and forth between New York and Florida. And there's this place that I loved growing up called Three G's in Fort Lauderdale. And my mom's like, it's disgusting. Like she's, they're so <laughs> over it. And I'm like, it's not that, like I, when I was there last, it was fine. But like, I love that they're in a place where my mom can be like, it's disgusting. We can find better Jewish food else. You know, like, yeah, I yeah. love they have the choice. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but finding whitefish in, in, you're not from rural Pennsylvania per se, no, but. No, not Pennsylvania. Not, not the big city though. Yeah. So I'm, right, I'm, a, right. I'm surprised, but Hey, listen, if you know what you like in your whitefish salad, you know what you like. I know. I mean, I, in general, like I'm not, first of all, I detest celery. So anytime there's any mm. sort of salad of that nature. Yeah. Absolutely not. And what and, could, what, no go, please. What could be, what, how, who would drink celery soda? Oh my God. Dr. I Brown's? My that, dad. Well, does he really? I, yes. <gasps> I love Dr. Brown's, but I can't believe anybody would want to drink their celery soda. <laughs> I believe my dad drinks it. I believe my oh. mom goes for the black cherry. Yes, that's what I go for diet black cherry. Celery soda. It sounds so like who thought to do that? That's and for sick. some reason they call it it's celery celery flavored, but they call it celery. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine name. drinking that. Drag queen named Celery. Um, <laughs> By the way, this officially, for any of the listeners listening, uh, this conversation officially counts as your bar bat mitzvah. So I will take it. That's right. That's right. It's my half Torah portion talking about white fish salad with or without celery. Uh, wait. Okay. Oh, sorry. So I so I already had this conversation in my head, and we for whatever reason in my head we were talking about uh, your your singing voice. That's why when no. you said the half Torah portion, it popped back into my head where I was just mm-hmm. like. Uh, because uh, you're that's how I first fell in love with you, Elliot. Well, was through your voice, <laughs> yes, of course, of course. A true uh, siren song, hearing you sing a, a Billy Joel song, <laughs> Billy Joel, who I fought against my entire life. Oh, how dare my you! Parents, my parents <laughs> love Billy Joel. How dare you? Um, I've come around to like moving on, parentheses, Anthony song, and parentheses, or as we say on Long Island, Anthony's song. Anthony, uh, is it moving on or moving out? Moving out. moving out thank you for granting me that everyone and not yeah. when you're from long island you have to know every lyric to every song off of his greatest hits by the time you're eight you have <laughs> it's the law and i knew like i remember very distinctly i have such sense memory of it of like doing my homework and like the smell of the number two pencil and just listening and listening and listening to the same to song after song of his and knowing it was like a competition to see how quickly you could figure out, you could learn every word till we didn't start the fire, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as kids, but I, it's, it's, it's just rote. It's in my head. And then I think to make only t- as, as if it wasn't already like, uh, you know, I wasn't biased enough. We went to go see him at Madison square garden when, when we were kids and it was me and my my family, my parents, and my and Alana, my sister, and we went and we got like you know okay seats. I guess I don't I don't know. They were they were you know obviously they were up a few levels. And at the beginning of the show, of course, we got there early, and somebody came up to us and was like, "Are you guys a family of four? And we were like, "Yes, we are." <laughs> and they were like, "Well, we're with Billy, and he reserves seats for some families in the front." And we got to we were taken out to the front row. 
That's glazer energy. That is the fucking glazers. That's some glazer shit. That is glazer shit. Isn't that nice? We were, that I is mean, wild. How could you not love that man? He right. reserves seats for families in the front? Like, what? Oh, my God. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so it was wait, wild. How early are we talking that you had to get there to, like, meet the people? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, if it was, oh. like, an 8 o'clock concert, were you guys there at 7? Um, I don't think we were that wildly early, but I remember we drove in from, you know, from Long Island yeah. and must have been there. I mean, we must have been there, I don't know, a good half hour half early. Hour. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering when they do that kind of thing, because that sounds amazing. The yeah, I mean, it was a once in a lifetime thing yeah. for sure, but God, it was amazing. That's so do cool. Do you think, all right, two questions. One, nowadays, do you think he still does that? Because now people probably put that out there on like Reddit. On the, oh, yeah. on the on the Billy Joel subreddit. They're like, if you get there, if you're a family of four, you get there early. You know? I would imagine it's on a Reddit too. And I I wouldn't know for sure, but I would like to think that Billy still does that. I would think he still does it too. Number two, why? What is, what is, uh, what energy is he he's a, he's a good long, <laughs> he's a good long, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's just such a good, it's just, that's who he is. I'm also impressed by it because he never seems to pander I've never found him to pander in the ways some musicians might. And I think that's what makes it so much more surprising is that if he does it out of the goodness of his heart, he's not even doing it for the likes, you know, he's not doing it for the attention. He's doing it because it's just something he likes to do, which is, you know, in, in this point in time, wildly, you know, astonishing to imagine somebody doing a kind act like that and not wanting attention for it. Right. He's a mensch. He's a mensch. But he's menching out. Yes, <laughs> he is. But like, it's like uh, the we found out uh, the Little Caesars CEO was paying yeah. Rosa Parks's rent. Was that true? He paid her bills. He paid Rosa Parks's bills in Detroit for like most of her life. Wow. The founder of Little Caesars. I know. That's like and like finding out that like I think Usher was paying for some col some like people's college. Really? Yeah, college fees. And I think. Oh no, no, that was it. Was Nelly? Nelly was doing that. Which somehow made him even hotter. <laughs> As if he wasn't already like the hottest guy. And then he got like swole. <laughs> and then you find out he's quietly paying for college for people. It's like, oh my God, he's perfect. Yes, yes. I mean, but my thing is like with Billy Joel, though, because you were like, what kind of energy would he get? I would imagine, well, first of all, if I was the person, first you have to ask, are you a family of four? And then you have to ask the children, do you like Billy Joel? Of course. And because if they do, then the energy you're getting is like, kids who are like enjoying your music like it makes yes. you probably feel good you're like yes i'm doing it for the children totally I'm doing it for the culture so totally like, it feels like give me like kids in the front who are gonna sing along and like clap and dance as opposed well, to industry yeah. people who probably you normally get those front row tickets yeah and sometimes i think like when he looks out at a like because i guess when you're from long island and you're a billy joel fan which is just like you know it's like the membership <laughs> when 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 that's the case i always i wonder if like billy looks out and sees rowdy long islanders with like swilling beer and screaming <laughs> but like i feel like nobody in his show i don't, for part of me feels like if somebody said like a homophobic slur billy would get mad like i feel like he would tisk tisk anybody who despite his like affection for like blue collar long islandy people he still would tisk tisk you if you used slurs or if you were unkind in some way. Like there's just mm -hmm. something about him, some energy that I find so um, appealing. I just, I just find him so appealing. 
Yeah, they they have called him the Fugazi of Long Island. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> what? They used to Ian Mackay from Fugazi. They would stop if someone was doing something like misogynistic or like if some like someone was being rough with a woman like in the pit or something like that or saying something homophobic or racist or they would stop the concert, call that person out. Oh, yeah, Foo God. Fighters. I've heard Foo Fighters has that. done that too. Dave Grohl will do that too. I love that. I yeah, love that. That's the power. That's, that's the, power. the power. That's using your power for mm. good. And I love that. Very much like get out of here. Get out I of here. Love that. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like the ability, because like I often say this too. It's like when comedians who are kind of like, you know, these sort of like guys who have maybe reinvented themselves as alt-right or sort of the kind of people where I'm like, even if you think you're okay, don't you kind of look at your audience and go, what hath I wrought? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And like you kind of look within and I've always like, just sometimes I look at my audience, sometimes I get nervous with like if my audience is all white, I go, uh oh, what am, what am I saying? Right. But I'm like, but you like kind of think about like what you're putting out into the universe and it's like mm -hmm. if you had the choice and like, I mean, not obviously just like for someone to be white of course because some of my best lovers have been white. I mean, <laughs> it's like for people to be like assholes. If I yes. was like, ew, you came to see me? No, Correct. you leave? That makes me feel bad. It makes me feel bad yeah. that you came to see me. <laughs> yeah. I remember, yeah, I distinctly remember doing haunting renditions at Littlefield in Brooklyn, and these two people came to see the show and sat, like, in the front row, and one of the guests was Marnie the dog from Instagram, who was <laughs> Instagram famous, and she yeah. was, I was, I became friends with her owner, and she was the one who tilted her head and had, yeah. like, her tongue sticking, sticking out. out. Yeah. yeah, she was, um, she looked rather unwell in real life, but no, she photographed no. well. But all that to say that they came basically to see Marnie and were like freaking out when she was on the stage with me. And they were like taking pictures and being loud, like the yeah. whole time they were being loud. And then when Marnie left, they like very loudly and drunkenly like got up to leave. Oh. And I was, and people were yelling at them because they were being assholes. Yeah. But I was like, why would you come here? Like, <laughs> what, what would, how, did, how did you connect with me even if it were for the dog like how, how like you said what have i wrought <laughs> yes if you look out in your audience and you see just a sea of like ron watkins yes right you yes. know some you've done something wrong right 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 what is the energy i'm putting into the universe exactly that would attract scary. that kind of negativity it's scary it is, but at least they left, thank God. So, thank but also, God. it's like so funny to me because they are fans of this dog. I don't understand though, like, there are obviously viral animals. I follow a lot of animals on Instagram, so I'm not above that. But I don't think I would go to like a live event to see an animal. Well, neither that... did I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I bet on it. I was like, maybe this will be a, fun... you know, it wasn't yeah. like, you know, I bet on it as being like a fun thing. I didn't, it wasn't like, come you know the show that i do is like a weird show with music and stand-up it's like a really weird variety alt cabaret show so i don't expect i wouldn't expect anybody to be like it's going to be all about marnie for an hour i don't you know i i know people are no better than that so right. it was very jarring for them to be a rude but be rude about seeing a, a dog from social media like <laughs> You'd think those would be like the kindest people, the gentlest people, the most polite people. They'd go out of the, if they were going to leave early, they'd be doing so politely and quietly rather than loudly and drunkenly. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, please, please, excuse me. Please, please. please. Exactly. I just, exactly. I just came to see the canine. Yes. You exactly. know, something tender. Right. I know. I fully agree with you. I'm like, what are you doing? But And may she like... rest in peace. We lost Marnie, I, I think, a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, her, her mom was so sweet, is so sweet, such a sweet 
gal and Marnie was such a little dear dog and just so I mean truly like you know what was sweet about Marnie was that in real life she she had a vestibular disease which is what my dog ended up getting which oh. is like it's like a it's like vertigo for a dog that ends up leaving them with their head tilted slightly oh um, and so she had that and then Atticus ended up having that but um it it just I hate I hate using these words but it worked on Instagram so <laughs> The tilt, right, the right, tilt. right. Really, a way to make your disease work for you. It that is it. the influencer culture. Can it you is. make your vertigo work for you? Because that dog had like branding. That dog yes. had um, sponsorship. So she really, she did. No, I mean her, her, her mom. Literally, when I met her, she like, she like, I, she's like, I don't have to work anymore. Managing Marnie is my full time. Oh. Oh. Mabel, Mabel, what are you doing for us? <laughs> What are you doing for us? Mabel's a money pit as far as, yeah, as, far as we're concerned right now. <laughs> She's course. not bringing in any uh, Boku bucks. I know. <laughs> well, she like also refuses to be your pawn. She's gorgeous, but very bossy. So like if you try to pick her up and do a picture, she will automatically look like you've kidnapped her. Because she of doesn't want to be your boss. You know what I mean? She doesn't want to be involved. Yes. And I'm like, you're gorgeous. We need to make that paper. Yeah, she and is she, beautiful. She will not allow it. Wait, Elliot. We're going to answer some people's relationship questions. Yeah, great. So to do that, we have to know where you're coming from. Yeah. How do you sure. yeah, emotionally, um, physically? Your entire, we're going to start at the beginning. We're going to go through <laughs> your entire relationship history. Um, well, have you done any um, dating in the pandemic? You're yeah, well, I was in, in a relationship that started at the beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. and then, uh, or bef- yeah, before it actually, before it. And then, so it was nice because I had a partner during all of COVID, um, which I never took for granted, but it was just really lovely. And then in November, actually on the day Biden won, uh, that boyfriend broke up with me over the phone uh, and very abruptly (sighs) and unkindly. So I'm still coming out of the (laughs) emotional whiplash of that truly, truly, truly like near sociopathic behavior. Fuck. Yeah. Was there any indication that this dude was a sociopath before <laughs> not that phone one call? iota, not one iota, which is what made it even scarier and creepier. And uh, I think more, uh, you know, look, it would have maybe it, it would have been mildly less uh, jarring if he had shown some sort of crazy tendency beforehand <laughs> or uh, certainly if he had said we need to talk rather than this is over <laughs> out of nowhere oh shit. Uh, so that's what the conversation was it wasn't a hey do the you conversation was what time should i pick you up and the response was i think we need to break up <laughs> ah! jesus christ jesus yeah, it's, it's fucking wild i Love my therapist so much. I love my medications. <laughs> and I love this book that I basically carried around for, I carried it around like a baba blanket, like a, like a whatever, a baba. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this book called The Wisdom of a Broken Heart by Susan Piver. This book <laughs> saved my life. And I, it's like, it is just, it is everything anybody needs. I, I, I say it's like, it's just so helpful. She's just this like cool Jewish Buddhist lady mm-hmm. who's just like very um, aware of how annoying self-help stuff is. She does not like self-help and she's, I don't know how to describe it. It's not clinical. It's not medical. It's just 
reasonable and she's just <laughs> smart. She's just a smart, cool lady. And uh, mm-hmm. that book was because I, I think the day after or two days after the breakup, I went to a bookstore and was like just cr- like a weepy mess looking for anything I could find on those yeah. bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about the book that like helped you like that pulled you out of that? She's just really, really good at helping people find per- at helping you find perspective and also acknowledging how much it fucking sucks. She's so good at being like, you have to acknowledge that this fucking blows and you can't, uh, you can't, she's, she's not a fan of you like um, talking your way out of it or using like false confidence to acquire real confidence, you know, like uh, uh, speaking as if, you know? Yeah. She's, She's just more of a realist and, I don't know. I, do, I it's just her perspective is so um, is so reasonable all across the board. It's just v- wildly reasonable. She's also a big meditation fan, and so she teaches you how to meditate in her book. And like her her practice ever since writing just the books is that she does like teach meditation online. She's just a cool lady. I don't I don't know how else to describe it. She's just like mm-hmm. a cool lady who's very normal who just has a great perspective on. Um, on breakups, relationships too, but also breakups and, and like how to actually deal with it in a way where it's like, this blows, but I'll, I'll, she works, she's going to work through it with you without um, pandering and never feeling it's never patronizing. It's never childish. It's never. Right. She's never being like, don't call it a breakup. It's a breakthrough. Never. None of that. Be your fresh self. Nothing. None of that. She hates that shit. And I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so obviously you get this phone call and you're like, what? I assume the phone, the conversation was like, I assume you were stunned in this conversation. Um, so, so like, by the way, by the way, Biden had just won, just so you know. <laughs> so the yeah. first that Saturday, this is the Saturday of the, like, yeah. where they had the, yep. the four seasons lawn repair, yes. whatever yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <clears throat> so if I didn't have a reason to be like in tears <clears throat> already, it was like, the high low of it all. Also, I mean, I could say it now, but that was the day I also found out my sister was pregnant with <laughs> my first niece or nephew, you know, like yeah. such a crazy day. Right. Well, started out great. And then really this person great. just pulled the fucking rug out from under you. Have mm-hmm. you, did you have to like um, exchange like belongings? Have you had to see this person or is it like very much like cut it well, off, done and done? Well, everything was left at my house, everything. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he he was really evasive, quite honestly, for mm. really evasive. And we didn't end up seeing each other again after barely talking for like six weeks uh, because he didn't, he was like, he just couldn't, he was too afraid. He was just like afraid across the board. And because he um, knows he was, he, he knows what he did was dirty. He knows it was trash and he didn't want to have to hear your response. Correct. And and then when he did finally six, like six weeks later, I was like, he, he tried to insist that he was doing it for me to like, to, to, to prevent me from having to deal with like hardship. And I was like, what? Bitch, bitch you're doing this for you. Right. Like all <laughs> of this is for you. You are cowardly and juvenile and, by the way, when you, you know, I've had enough time to think about it enough, but it's like when you think about the idea of somebody ending a relationship over a text, the person that you actually think of is literally 10 years old. 
<laughs> who would literally or over a phone or a text? Yeah. That's what a te- that's what a child who's never like that's, they've never done anything, and they're in a <laughs> relationship, and they're like, I need to break up with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. I'm going to text them, you know, or I'm going to do it on the phone. It's like it's so juvenile yeah. that I can't believe that an adult man could do that so easily. And and a friend of mine even too was like. Put, again, all of this being like put into perspective, she was like telling a friend when we were together, she was like, yeah, they were together all of COVID. And then, you know, he has like roommates and shit. And he just left Elliot in the dark alone in COVID. And I was like, oh my God, he did. Like, I didn't even <laughs> say that, you know? Yeah. I'm like, how do you do that to somebody? It's yeah. crazy, yeah. crazy. And the- You also, sorry, go on. No, the cherry on top of all of this, or I guess like the bruised rotten cherry on top of all of this shit <laughs> Sunday was that this happened to me like seven years ago when I had a very similar breakup that my boyfriend knew was like deeply traumatic and he did the exact same thing. So he knew that someone had like broken up over the phone. Broke up with me like we lived together and just one day it was like, we need to end this. There's no talking. There's no negotiation. I'm too immature to actually engage that conversation. So I'm going to be cruel instead. He, he that yeah, happened okay. to me seven years ago. Uh, you remember, I think you remember my ex. Yeah, from yeah, that. Yeah. And he did the same thing. I'm like, you knew that that was like the, one of the, like the worst thing that happened to me romantically right. ever. And you did the same thing. It's crazy. But And he did the same thing for you. For right? me. Like, that makes it even crazier that he said he did it for him. Because if he knows that that kind of thing, like, literally upended you. Yeah. For him to then be like, well, I was trying to help do you a favor. It's Isn't like, that nuts? I it's, can't. It's scary. <laughs> Andy, you I'm guys, sorry. his mouth I'm is like, agape. My he's, mouth is agape. He's and doing I'm the like... thing where he touches his forehead because he just can't fathom <laughs> what's happening. Uh, my hands are out. <laughs> I, I try to pay attention to this stuff because I'm writing a character that's like me now in the thing. <laughs> and I try to figure out ways to show, like... There's a lot of like touching oh, the a lot of squeezing the bridge of, of the nose. Yes. The bridge of the yes. Nose. I'm like, oh yes, yes. Okay, that's that's. But it's like uh, I can't. I it's just tough for me to fathom this behavior. I know. So many. Like I, I. It really. It's funny how um, a lot of like therapy and uh, self help, which I think we all probably agree is uh, uh, annoying at best. Mur- yes, murky at best. Um, is all really just about saying like, oh, you just have to be honest with people. Like, and yep. how many people can't, not even a fucking molecule of honesty, how they can't you like, and, and in order, and then the weird evasions in order to uh, get Avoid. around yes. being honest with someone. Yeah. Well, or you can also imagine, themselves. you can also imagine who in this past relationship was the one who was in therapy and encouraging the other one to go to therapy and which one was not. <laughs> yes oh Uh, i think here's another rule andy's second rule first rule if we haven't broken bread please don't stop me on the street yep number two yep if someone is urging you to go to therapy go into therapy go go at least try it i say at least do (laughs) three sessions three sessions five and and urging depending on the therapist you want to see if you match that person but also urging lovingly not urging and saying you're crazy by no means urging lovingly and saying like you will benefit from this. And I believe everyone benefits from therapy. And I believe it should be governmentally instituted that <laughs> everyone goes to therapy, especially before you have children, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yes. Like it's all, it's me being like, you should get a, a warm winter jacket for the snow. 
that's all that's all it is it's not an insult yeah and uh, yeah. you know pleading with somebody to do it at a certain point you know it becomes moot but but i think it's a it's it's an act of kindness and warmth and gentle gentleness that yeah. and love that you want somebody to to feel better internally you know live with themselves better it's true i mean i think the thing about this situation and i think this is the thing for me that was always the hardest in breakups or rejections or anytime someone does something in like a in a shitty way what i hate the most and what you have to let go of almost the quickest is like i want there to be fucking cosmic retribution oh. <laughs> like i want this person to never know peace yes. i want him to never find love again Correct. Like i want to feel as though you can't just do that to people and go about your merry way Correct. But you know what, honey? We cannot. We cannot control it. We can't see the future. We're not going to follow this man for years and wait to see well, if he gets a comeuppance. Well, to quote Susan Piver, or That's to true. paraphrase Susan Piver, she was basically, she says somewhere in, in the book that, you know, a breakup is like a death. Or, and also somebody on stage, I forget which comedian it was. It was a female comedian. I can't remember who it was. But I loved the line where she was like, a breakup is basically like, oh, my friend died. <laughs> my best friend died. I forget who says it. And maybe they listen to the podcast because I'd love to know who it is. I, maybe Beth Stelling, but I'm not positive. Yeah. Anyway, all of that being said, um, Susan Piver says, paraphrases by saying like a best friend is or a breakup is is like is almost like a death. But it's 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 almost worse because, you know, like this person is still out there kind of like a ghost and it oh. and it's cre it's it's creepy because you don't really get it you don't really get the closure because you know they're always living in the world somewhere out there and it's just but it, obviously over time the the thought of them or the attachment to them you know dissipates mm -hmm. but at least at first it's just it you're just it's just bizarre that they're out there that they're they're existing and that you don't get to see them face that karmic retribution. <laughs> <laughs> like I want him, I want him to not know peace, but at the same time, it's like part of someone being shitty is that like, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to go to therapy. Probably he's going to find someone basic and dumb to be basic and dumb with him and yes. it'll be fine. Right. And like, that's kind of it. Like part of when you're shitty, it's almost like you can't be punished because your right. shittiness kind of prevents you from, either realizing you did something yeah. bad or having high enough standards that you would be. Yeah. And if you're not willing to um, do the, if you're not willing to do the work to know that the, that a, the, the basic tenets of kindness are in the, at least in the form of a breakup, you say to somebody, we need, to, you start with, we need to talk rather than this is over. You know, yeah. if somebody, if somebody can't do that, then I don't know what hope they have for, forget about like, forget about a, a uh, evolving I don't know if, what hope they have for acquiring the basic necessities of like mature adult behavior because I again right. I'm telling you like I would never would have suspe suspected he could in act like that I never would have suspected that and so mm -hmm. it's just like if he did that to me I don't know I don't know what who would get through to him enough to make right. him evolve otherwise I can't, I can't imagine because it just doesn't make sense to me right this is over you don't even end cartoons <laughs> like there are more elegant ways for like Lo Looney Tunes is like that's all fun like it's a fun yep. little like yeah. you don't even this is over is one of the coldest yeah. fucking crazy sentences especially so when mean. as far as it seems you had plans to meet up that day right <laughs> which is I, I what time a, should I pick you up <laughs> literally I had I had planned a beautiful like day trip to this 
I had planned like a, on a such a cool day, and he was, and I remember even saying like, "Why would you?" Or later at some point, why would you do that? And he's like, "Cause I didn't want to do it in the car." And I was like, "Do it in the car? You would <laughs> like you, you can't, the thing you should have done is cancel and say we need to talk. You don't like break. <laughs> insane. All of it is insane. It's all insane. Which would you guys rather that um, the the whoever in your life mm-hmm. has done you dirty yep uh never learns a lesson and then uh become like lives a terrible life mm-hmm. or would you rather they learn their lesson become a better person That's i can't question. have them learn the lesson and live a terrible life i can't mix and match <laughs> <laughs> I that's I, I honestly am so torn because <laughs> yeah you're right it's like I, I wouldn't want to wish ill will on somebody but what I don't know what he did to me was so pointedly cruel mm-hmm. that it's hard for me to be like well I hope he I mean I guess I hope he ends up <laughs> you know whatever evolved and stuff <laughs> but not unless I beat him to it. <laughs> I'd rather him have a terrible life and not know. Because here's my thing about it, too. That's the girl I, I don't, love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate your evolution coming at the expense of my Correct. happiness. Correct. Right. Correct. And that's what I don't appreciate. So you get to walk around here living your best life. Correct. And I had to rebuild my ass exactly. like Hurricane Katrina came through. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly not. right. That's the Gwen Stacy principle, right? To to get at Spider Man, Gwen Stacy. Get out of you here. didn't hurt. You didn't. You didn't kill Spider Man. You killed a friend of his, and that hurts him. I right. see. I see. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just yeah. I just feel you're like the Gwen Stacy. Your feelings are the Gwen Stacy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how dare you? Yeah, how, I'm the sacrificial lamb here. Like, fuck yeah. you. Get out of here. Okay, <laughs> on that, fuck you. We're gonna take a quick break <laughs> and come back with Elliot Glazer to answer your relationship cues. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again, and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because we're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I'd always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed. 
absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out, but the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but for comparison, MeUndies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. MeUndies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. Hey, y'all, wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea Mm -hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. back we're here with elliot glazer who has just he has been through something 
He is rebuilt. Ooh. We are watching a phoenix rising from the ashes. <laughs> and this is exactly who I want to be answering relationship questions with us. Someone who has been in the darkness. Look the I've devil in, in the, the darkness. Face. <laughs> when do you think you were over this dude? Over yeah, when did you get free? Like, so it happened in November. How, when did you feel like you were like, I'm done. I'm free. I'm on the other side. Um, not quite yet. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Definitely not so, yet. I, this is the yeah. longest I feel like I've uh, sort of mourned anything, mm -hmm. but also knowing too that like, it's not, and, and you know, again, Miss Susan Piver talks about it. She's like, you're not missing the person per se. You're missing the relationship, mm -hmm. you're missing the companionship. You're missing the friend, you know, the friendship, ultimately right. the friendship and everything that comes with it, at least in her words is like, you know, the, the, the perks, but what you, what this thing that you miss so much is, you know, is so often after a breakup is the relationship, the dynamic that became your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. Even if you weren't together all the time, even if it was a long distance relationship, you, you, your body and heart and mind learns the patterns of this. Your life is, is in a different mode. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, when that, when that ends, especially abruptly, it's like, it's not so much being over him. It's like, I'm not over it. I'm not over yes. the, that mode of, of, of life and feeling like there's somebody always on the other line, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think the pandemic probably isn't helping. It's like, it's I think not. once we get back into the world, it might be easier to let some of it go. Correct. Correct. When we can, when we can kind of do stuff again. Cause yeah, yeah. The, the, the silence and the, the, the sort of solitude of it all, uh, makes it harder. Mm -hmm. um, and I was lucky that, you know, a lot, my sister was here in, in LA for a few months for work. So that was perfect timing because I needed <laughs> to have her here for that. And also, you know, at first I was like waffling about getting another dog because I was like, I don't want to rely on a dog or project my emotions on a dog. Then I did it and it's perfect. <laughs> He's perfect. He's a wonderful, wonderful companion. Yes. So we get questions from... Twitter DMs, Instagram DMs, voicemails, and also Gmail, which is where this one comes from. Anonymous. Ooh, I love an anon. And uh, I'm going to show you both this. Uh, they bribed us with a picture of their dog. I love that. Oh, that is how you get red. Oh, look at it sleeping. Yes. All right. And I'll post, I'll post that picture on our <laughs> Did Instagram. Did they say you could? Well, it's now mine. <laughs> I own the I own the life rights. You send us a picture of the dog. I own the life rights, so yes, I can write. Right. I can write my own homeward bound about this dog <laughs> if I want. So anonymous rights. My partner slash fiance slash whatever you call it, except husband, <laughs> and I have been together for almost nine years. Since March, I have been working from home, and he has been home both since March last year, mm -hmm. uh, both working and not working since April or May. He just got a new job that is on site and is gone all evening into the night. As much as I am bummed for him having to venture out into COVID world, I am thrilled to have time to just myself and the dog. I am concerned that since he likes to have more together time than I do, that my bliss may become an issue. We had a heated discussion or we had heated discussions, plural, regarding my independence and wanting to be by myself, quote unquote, too much before. How can I handle this newfound bliss without hurting his feelings? 
I mean, this isn't really a problem. <laughs> what did you say? This is I what? Said, this isn't really a problem. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a problem. <laughs> I, I mean, like, you're saying, like, how can you enjoy? First, I mean, when he's gone, if you're happy when he's gone, he doesn't know just how happy you are. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you handle it? When he comes home, you just don't go, whoo, I lived it up when you were gone. Or fuck. <laughs> when he, comes when he home. steps in the when he steps in the house, don't be like, ah, fuck. It's, okay. it. it's, it's like a it's like first of all it's like okay so she or he whoever wrote the letter is more independent and likes their independence and her and the, the partner is more codependent so i think you just probably have to negotiate like like andy said it's like just be honest i you know obviously it's easier said than done but if they're just honest with each other should they they could probably just like negotiate how to do that in a way where they're both happy, whether that means, you know, she has more alone time or they, they find some sort of compromise. I, you mm -hmm. know, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's like a problem that by any means would, you know, be very major outside of just figuring it out together, like what works best for them. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's, I think there's maybe a deeper thing. I want to get y'all's perspective. Ooh, I love it. Get it, get there. It's just, there are different, levels of uh, uh, being introverted and extroverted in this relationship. Now, Naomi, you and I, we happen to both be pretty introverted yeah. with a sprinkling of wanting to be around other people and each other. Right. Right. Uh, and I think, I don't think it's too, I think there are times when I want to be more social than you. Of course. Uh, I think I would say probably three out of five of those times, uh, you end up enjoying whatever social thing we're at. Uh-huh. Or do. I'm just putting that out there. So that three out of five times. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, I, th I think we are fairly in, in within levels. But no, what are you going to say? But see, this is what I would say, though. Because I think the big thing is, like, for instance, just this past weekend when you were like, oh, you want to get together with so-and-so? And I wasn't in the mood, but I was like, why don't you do it? You, I'm constantly pushing you, I think, especially more in the move to L.A. Because in New York, I don't think we had to deal with it. But constantly being like, I don't want to go, but go, go, go. I <laughs> love, I love that. I, I want you to, like, have that. your people who are not me, who don't know me, who don't, like, you know, you need to build up your friendships, like, for yourself, just, like, you know, emotionally or whatever. And it gives <laughs> us time to be apart. Mm -hmm. I love that. It I was love real because even before COVID, I mean, certainly COVID is intense, but even before, you know, um, unless I was in a writer's room, we were both in the house. Yeah. So we're always like here together. And I think it's so good for both of us to like get out and like, what do we say? Gotta miss a bitch. Go lead a house. Tell us, get a story, bring yes. something to the dinner table. Yes. I love that. And I love when partners can be independent of each other. I love that. I know it's very crucial. That was like always for me the goal to of a relationship yes. to be like we're together, but we don't have to like do everything together. Yeah. So that's the thing. But there are certain times maybe that like you're like, but I want you to be like you like. Okay, I always say this though, and it, I could be totally wrong. You know, Andy's parents have been together for like fifty years, mm. and like they have a very you know they are a unit and they interact as a unit and they have their people. So that's what he grew up seeing. Whereas I grew up with like a single mom and like. I think I'm just more wired to like do my own thing. Yeah, for sure. And you so, grew up in different places too. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like you just don't, you know, whereas like you are more like, we're a couple, we should go do this. Yeah. There are certain things that look, I'm a weird dude. 
We all know that, right? <laughs> and there are certain times where I get to uh, I get to be on the same page as everyone else. And one of those times is when there are expectations that uh, the couple will show up, right? And that when that happens, I'm like, oh, I finally, I am, <laughs> I'm doing something everyone else is doing. Oh, I I could not agree with you more. And I think in that scenario, when you are a couple invited to a thing, or whatever, you show up as a couple. I've always felt like in that scenario if i show up, if i show up with a boyfriend it's like i'm like the king of you know i feel like uh, uh <laughs> i'm like the center of attention because yes everyone i have a i have a boyfriend it's so childish it's so juvenile but i love that i feel like i'm like lucky if i have that you know otherwise it's like no i'm stag or whatever it is yeah so i totally i get both sides of it i but i i really appreciate the idea of being independent, but also having the um, option to be like, if and for Andy to be like, Naomi, please come with me to this. And, you know, Naomi being like, okay. And then you go <laughs> and it's like, Look, they're, they, they're a couple, you know, but. Yeah. And then like, I go and then you can't tear me away. And then Andy's right. one who's like, can we please go home? And I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. you brought me here and now I live here. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I don't leave parties. <laughs> Once I go, I inevitably find one person to talk to for two hours. And that's fair. <laughs> Elliot, have you ever been in a relationship with someone where you had differing levels of extrovertedness, introvertedness? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I, yeah, I dated a guy who was like a little bit more extroverted and like much more eager to like go out and do gay stuff with his friends who were like, I called them like professional gays. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, oh, we go to these bars and these parties and these restaurants and stuff. And I was like, I'm disgust, not disgusting, but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a mess, you know? Yeah. And so I would, lo I love that I could, in those moments, I'd be like, go ahead. Like right. you go to that bar that I would never want to go to in my <laughs> life and go enjoy yourself. And I'm going to watch the Golden Girls and that's fine. <laughs> right, and, right. <laughs> and I love that. I love that negotiation. I think it's also for this person, it's about how you sort of frame it too. this idea of not being hurtful, because for instance, what have I been saying for so long in COVID? I can't wait until you and I take separate vacations. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, drop me off at a place in Palm Springs. I will see yes. you in three days. That's but, great. But the way I phrase it, or hopefully I'm phrasing it, like, it's not like I can't stand you. It's more like I need to be by myself or right. I'm going to explode. Yes. So the way you kind of phrase it, where it's like, Oh, if I see your fucking face one more time, that's bad. That's hurtful. Yeah. That's, that's how you sure, end sure. a relationship. <laughs> sure. Yeah, my friend actually, he and his husband, they lived together in Brooklyn. And I think COVID was making them go stir crazy. And like they were on top of each other. And he came out to LA for a few months knowing his husband would like come out intermittently. Mm -hmm. And I was just, and I'm just sort of like impressed by that and encouraged mm -hmm. by it. And like, I don't know. I mean, my parents are pretty codependent and they, love being together you know <laughs> they love being together it's almost like alan and i are cursed by their their <laughs> you know their union but at the same time my dad like went back to new york for some family stuff for a couple weeks and my mom's like i'm good and i'm like so happy i'm so happy that she's like i'm fine yeah, like, yeah. i'm fine i'm not codependent and i'm like well she that i'm i stand corrected you know <laughs> great yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I will, I'll say this, Naomi wanting two separate vacations. I understand on an intellectual level 
And on an emotional level, I'm like, you don't want to go on a vacation with me, even though we haven't left each other's sight <laughs> in over a year. Like emotionally, I'm with is, you. I get both. Difficult, <laughs> even though intellectually, I'm like, yeah, of course, obviously. I, I get understand. both. I get yeah. both. I would be in. I, I get both, and I would honestly probably err towards Andy and be like, but what about me? You know. <laughs> but I completely understand and appreciate the need for space i get it yeah, yeah. so so yeah the core of this is is having a uh, honest conversation right yeah, yeah. making sure when you talk about it you're not saying like it's not you know you like to be by yourself it's not that you like have a problem with him. correct you and, and so you're finding that compromise exactly and i think you know kind of framing it in that way will be like less insulting to his delicate yes. sensibilities correct all right now i mentioned before we get voicemails Oh, Naomi, what is that phone number? Okay, let me see if I remember. 323-524-7839. Goddamn, girl. I got it. Got I only it. know three phone numbers <laughs> by heart. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to play one of them right now. Hi, um, my name is Alice. I'm 27. Let's see. DFAB, non-binary. I live in LA. Um, I've never had sex before, but I've been thinking during the pandemic that once the pandemic is over... I would love to, like, download Tinder and just, like, go to town. Um, <laughs> so I was wondering if there's, like, any advice you would have. I know famously sex negative and then sex neutral. But just, like, any advice for someone who's having sex for the first time later in life that maybe you wish someone would have given you when you first started or just, like, anything of that nature. But, yeah, thank you. Bye. Love the show. So Elliot, I'm sex negative and Andy is sex neutral. By the way, that's what does what that mean? Referring to, you know, these young people are so sex positive, and I'm sex negative. <laughs> don't really need it. Don't want to deal with it. We gotta relax, okay? It's fine. It's right. fine. And Andy's neutral. Yeah. He's like, right. I'll he's like, I'll allow Take it. Take or leave it. Sure, sure. <laughs> Take or leave it. Um, but I will say, you know, when someone's like, I'm 27, gonna have sex for the first time. I'm like, exciting. That's mm. fun. I think it's great. That's very exciting. I very guess exciting. Question of like, first, also too, I think it's so funny because you're, you're like, I'm thinking of downloading Tinder and going to town. I'm like, you and everybody else, honey. Well, yes. This pandemic is oh, over. Yeah. It oh is my fuck God. summer. It is fuck Truly. summer. <laughs> <laughs> fuck summer. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I was like, try, like, so don't worry. It'll happen for you. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I oh. guess. Oh, yeah. This is going to make uh, the Summer of Love look like a fucking Victorian uh, chastity party. Yes. <laughs> it's so nuts. But I guess it would be like, I guess my question is sort of like, what value do you place on sex um, emotionally? Meaning, like, do you want to be in a relationship with somebody before you do it? Or you just want to, like, do it and kind of lose your virginity so, like, you can kind of have lost it? I think they should just... Uh, they said they're gender what gender non-binary non-binary right? yeah and i think they they should just not take it too seriously personally i think just get started, <laughs> get started. just get started you know it's like i i don't know i i part of me feels like the sort of uh virginal archetype of like you know my first time and like <laughs> No, it had to be perfect, and he put roses on the whatever, like all that shit. It's so heteronormative. Heteronormative. It's so exhausting, and I, I don't think it's. I think it's silly, and I think it's like, like you said, you want to like f start figuring out what it 
is and what it's like and what you are and what you like. And I think, I think it doesn't have to be so precious. Mm, that's huh. interesting. Huh. See, and I think I, it doesn't have to be precious. I do think you're right. I think especially like being, I mean, even though of course that is how I treated it, you know, when I was, um, when I was young. As, but I, as did I, I did yeah. too. But I, but yeah, I guess it's, it's more like. too. <laughs> I guess I kind of feel like the thing is because the first time you have sex is like, you, it's all this buildup, right? And what you think it is. But for the most part, like it is. Uh, a little uncomfortable. It may not really be, you know, this thing where it's like, I just want to make sure it's somebody who is not going to just like have some quick sex. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like somebody who you can be like, hey, this is my first time, so could you like slow it down a little right. bit? Right, not like the, yeah. the, the jackhammer guy from Sex in the City. <laughs> the jackhammer guy from Sex in the City, exactly. No, I think you're right, Naomi. I think it should be somebody, it's not, it's not a matter of like rose petals on the bed preciousness, but it's like being with a partner who is, kind and thoughtful and gentle and considerate and understands that what it means for you for to be your first time. I think that's what yeah. it requires. Right. Right. And also like what it means, like, and literally I'm like, again, it's not somebody you're like, I'm in love with you. You're the best, but just where you're like, Hey, so I haven't really done this before. So if we could Correct. just kind of figure it out and Correct. also like, cause I don't necessarily know what I want you to do or what I need you to do or what's, you know, cause we haven't done it. Yet. So, you know, let's just like do our thing. You just want someone who's going to like do that, I guess. Would it help to build up into it? What do you mean? Build up into the act. Like instead of it just being like finding someone who you do trust and you're like, all right, on this day, we're going to have sex. <laughs> it's on the calendar. Right. All right. Uh, instead of that, like, you know, a couple dates before that where you. Oh, I see. Like having a little bit of time to get to know. Yeah. We're like date one. You smooch. Right, 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 right. Well, of <laughs> course you've got to know what this person is, is. Some hand stuff. <laughs> right? That, do you know what? Do you see? And you build up into. I mean, I think uh, that's nice. I think that's lovely. Date two hand stuff is yeah. lovely. Also, oh, yeah. <laughs> you could find out, again, th one of the things that, because I think there's a lot of um, pressure that's put on, like, heteronormative P&V sex. There are a hundred thousand things you can do. A true menu. I yeah. was just going to say that too. It's so much weirder for when you're gay to 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 expect that it's just that like you're supposed to do butt stuff immediately. You know, like not everybody's into that. It's just it's it's just it's taking from the heteronormative idea of PNV mm -hmm. stuff and like applying yeah. it to being gay with just like dicks and holes it's the same thing and it's like yeah but not not everything's the same not everyone's the same and it, yeah. it's not it's just it's not all one it's not all a monolith you know right 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 that and that's why i'm saying like instead of there maybe just being like all right well this is what the like cult heteronormative right like, there has to be penetration yes mm -hmm. there has, right there doesn't have to be penetration maybe like explore the menu Right. And I mean, I'm, I'm also assuming that this per this caller has explored some parts of the menu. Huh. You know, but the question is, was it a Cheesecake Factory menu? You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Was, were they really getting in there? You know, so that's right. like... Or was it a, a Crown's Fried Chicken menu? Exactly. <laughs> Just like... one placard. Exactly. So that's a thing. But it's like, I do think your your impulse caller is is right. Like you just feel like I'm ready. I want to get out there. Yeah. I say tips. find the right sign up, find the appropriate partner first, whether, whether that's somebody you want to date or not, it's a matter of finding the right person who will be respectful and considerate and understand what this is for you rather than just 
anything and, else. And also, and I agree with you, it's also so going into that, like, what should I do or any tips, being communicative in that way. Yes. Making sure that you know how to tell somebody, you know, your boundaries, your interests, you know, where you're at. That to me will be the, it's more challenging than actually having sex right. of any kind. It's more like kind of communicating well with the person and making sure. Correct. That, yeah. Do you guys think younger people, because we, I don't know about you, Elliot, but I grew up where like uh, sex was terrifying. Mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, the AIDS epidemic scared the living shit out of me. And so, mm -hmm. and also like in Pennsylvania, you ha we had one talk. I, I had a class in fifth grade, the yeah. sex class for like one period. Uh, my <laughs> yep. parents had to talk with me and then that was it. So like talking about like until I was like, I don't know how many relationships in. Could I like communicate uh, in a uh, expressive way mm -hmm. about sex? Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder, do you guys think younger people uh, it's easier for them? Or do you think that just uh, the people that we see on the internet happen to be a little more vocal? And so I, we think that uh, people younger than us are uh, more communicative and more open. I, I don't know because I'm creeped out by like kids on TikTok doing like strip teases. <laughs> I'm so creeped out that's, by it. But yeah, I, that that's makes like, sense. That's like what TikTok is. It's like ki kids or like preteens or teenagers doing like sexy dances and it creeps me out so much. And you gotta I gotta change your TikTok settings. You got it because <laughs> I got some weird videos at first, and then something came on it, and like I I would press hold it, and it says you can say I don't like this. Sorry, you I, I don't get rid of these. I don't actually use TikTok. What I mean is like <laughs> the, 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 um, the prevalence of the TikTok look, meaning like, uh. I feel like it's sex is so sex appeal is such a prevalent uh, tone that people take on TikTok mm -hmm. with their sexy dancing and shit that I assume that that's something that kids see and are exposed to young. And so my guess would have been that they, are then yes more sexualized when they're younger and are more apt to talk but i also think like parents our age are like aching to be cool and so i do <laughs> think that they i do think that they go out of their way and will go out of their way to like familiarize their kids with this stuff even if it is uncomfortable rather than our parents but especially their our baby boomers parents the mm -hmm. you know that's yeah, that's yeah. tough that's tough yeah yeah I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I see what you're saying though, because you would, but I, said, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that the people on the people who are vocal about it uh, on social media are not. They're not everyone. I think kids, you know, because we're, we're, we're all. <laughs> I hope like, not. Like you're still gonna have like the kids who are. Um, nervous and shy and don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend or anyone until you know they graduate high school you know that kind of thing i think that like, i think that is what's happening i think that despite what we see kids are you know more chaste than before you know even like teen pregnancy is way down i believe you know from like when we were younger Oh, and I, I think meant just this last year. And I'm like, that's because they don't go to school. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over time. Uh -huh, uh -huh. No, I think it's just, I think you're right. I think despite what we see on like social media or think that is prevalent, I think you're right. Like, I do think that there's still plenty of nervous, awkward kids who are just like, 
I'm going to wait, you know, or right. scared to. I, I think that makes sense. Well, I wonder, too, if that's what you were saying. Remember that TV show where you were like, oh, it's not for me. Um, yeah, generation. And I wonder if it's because to me, part of what I thought was to me, that age of just like, what's the word? A self-possessed teen doesn't feel yeah. right to me. No, and a teen what is, like quippy to their who's constantly quippy to adults makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think on one hand, obviously, it is like um, fantasy and like a TV show where you're like, God, when I'm a teenager, I hope I'm that cool. You know, maybe you're watching it, but it's like, wasn't one of the creators a teenager of that show? Yes. Yeah. It's a it's a father and his daughter. Well, of course. Yes. That I bet that girl is quippy to her dad. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like that child Correct. is quippy and is like, Dad, we've got to nail this pitch. Correct. We're going into HBO today, Dad. Dad, you yep. went off the deck. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Like that's their dynamic. So you can see that, but it's like obviously us on the other side where it's like that was not the teenager I was. That's not yeah. the teenager. Like when I see that, I don't. That teenager doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. Correct. It's like. They're like their chaotic energies are just too, too overbearing for me. I don't remember things like that. I mean, kids are gross. Kids, teenagers are disgusting in my opinion. <laughs> hornballs, stinky hornballs with like the smell of even like I can very clearly smell the pungent, the pungent stink of like high school. I can still smell like feet. Kids are gross. They're just gross, and like the idea of them like being these raging ball raging balls of hormones you know yeah. walking around like i get how that comes out all demented and shit but i don't <laughs> think they have the the i think the idea of teenagers being like you know like you said self-contained self self-contained self and like yeah. i just find that so repulsive and and, and i don't <laughs> think it's true i don't think it's true yeah yeah definitely I hope it's not true. I mean, we hope. We hope. God. Yeah. It's like, I'm not saying we want, we don't want you to hate yourselves, teens. No, 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 no. We just don't no, need no, you no. to be like trying to run the room. It's ugh. like, yeah. ugh, when a teen is trying to run the room, I can't. We Gross me out. Yes. <laughs> or if, look, if you're going to fire your dad, <laughs> do it in person. Don't have your agent do it. Yeah. Oh, my right. God. It's like, dad, did you get a call from CAA? <laughs> <laughs> wait, Elliot, what kind of teenager were you, Elliot? Where were, wait, where'd you grow up? Poor Chef around there? Long Island. Uh, uh, Smithtown. Smithtown. Okay. Directly in the center of Long Island. I was a, um, well, closeted and like uh, Long Island is at least then was so homophobic and so the sort of Guido bravado of it all was really um, uh, um, uh, exhausting and you know stifling. So I was definitely closeted and trying to like uh, trying to really um, uh, evade anybody dialing in on my sexuality but i could also pass as straight so it wasn't so much a problem but it was definitely a big fear and i was uh i deflected by being like goofy so i was well liked but i was like riddled with mental illness and <laughs> and anxiety and being closeted and so it was sort of like a uh you know i was pretty much like like hiding under a, an identity so to speak you know still like our you know ex, uh, um, expressive and fun and and funny and stuff but also like you know suffering right mm. when did you find singing when did you kind of realize you could sing and like it was like a safe place or it got you attention like how old were you when that kind of started 
Um, well, I remember like on a whim at like day camp doing like auditioning for Fiddler on the Roof, of course, obviously. <laughs> we love it. We love it. And like I sang, I was Muddle the Tailor and my grandma, my like paternal grandma, like, she pro- I mean, it's awful to say, but I think it got her wet. Like it had, to, it was so Jewish. <laughs> it was so Jewy. And like her grandson being like singing in his like soprano voice as like all the Jewiness of it, I think made her like fly out of that auditorium, you know? <laughs> and, but so that attempt, like getting that attention as a kid was, you know, really exciting. And then basically by the time I was in like high school and stuff, I was getting, you know, doing like theater and, and music and stuff. And then I got a scholarship to NYU for vocal performance that I- They never give money. I didn't know you got a scholarship. I, know. NYU I does never would have been able to money. go if I didn't have it. Yeah, but- I very quickly pissed off my uh, uh, advisor by being like, I don't want to be an opera singer. <laughs> she was horrified. Really? Horrified. Yeah. Yeah. But you kept the, they let you keep the scholarship, but like you still finished yeah. the major. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh. I switched majors in the same school and they let me keep the scholarship money. So what was the, what'd you switch to? Well, I switched to uh, communications, oh, wow. which was like, just interesting critical theory stuff that I actually really liked. And then I ended up switching to Gallatin, which was the school for, um, they call it individualized study, but I, I call it nonsense. <laughs> yes, I almost, I almost went there for grad school. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool. They let me... they, yeah, they let you like pick, cherry pick from across all of NYU. Oh, um, okay. And so my whole thing was like, or my parents like to say that I majored in the Golden Girls because I, <laughs> I basically had like five term papers throughout my entire college career, all of which were about the Golden Girls at some point. My parents were like, really? This is what we're paying for you to write another another paper about B. Arthur? So one on Rose, one on Blanche, one, one on each of them, and then the, the fifth one is on all four. Like It's right. like the Defenders. You're yeah. getting... The fifth is on Golden Palace, actually. Uh, oh, yes. yes. Right. Don Cheadle. The, Don like, Cheadle. The race yes. issues involved yeah. in Don Cheadle. And the, oh, hell yeah. The Golden Palace. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I almost went there, except they, they, like, I got in, and I went and visited, and I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, I could be in New York. And then uh, they're like, by the way, we don't give out any scholarships yeah. for grad Ugh. school. And I was like, oh. And then my dad, I have a talk with my dad, and they're like, well, how much do you want to go into debt to do? I was, by the way, it was going to be philosophy of experimental literature. Oh, wow. So, wow. So they're like, you, how much do you want to like go into debt for that? And I was like, right. not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, zero. At all. Yeah, yeah, zero. Uh, so yeah, so I had to wait for someone to give me a fellowship. Thank you, Temple. <laughs> <laughs> Temple was actually another school I wanted to go to because I, I just wanted to be in a city in the, in New York. Yeah. Or, but it was hard to find, uh, I don't know, public public schools in in the, in the bigger cities. And mm-hmm. but Temple was cool, and, and there's like University of the Arts in Philly, which I was interested in too. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting to go to NYU, and I I truly was like repulsed by the the the. Uh, I think Bowen Yang calls it uh, daycare for the children of celebrities. <laughs> feels right and it's like it's a perfect description and you i so so easily was like repulsed by the rich kid uh, shenanigans and antics you know yeah just it's really repulsive but i got to meet some 
basically my acapella group was my, my big takeaway and that's where I but that is truly where I was like oh this is where I want to sing mm-hmm. I want to do it in here where like we take music and you know the, the acapella group was great but I had to go in there and really change up that that libretto or whatever the repertoire did you, it was did you? So bad. yeah I was like guys listen no more <laughs> no more black and flare you know I hate that look like with on, on like oh all black but in like a pop of like, color black with a flare I was like no we're wearing jeans you know <laughs> and then, uh, and then the music was you know the the the, the repartee was all right but I was like you can't it's got to be like richer and like we got, got I I brought in some R and B you know I brought in some, like weird like even like Daft Punk or Basement Jacks and and uh, Maxwell like I was like insistent on bringing in some richer songs because I just couldn't listen to like God bless them but like the Steve Miller band I couldn't listen to that <laughs> in my mind it was a Weezer song that's even worse <laughs> no, no 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 Weezer would have been a step up I just like there was too much like too much of the choices were on the money for an acapella group and I was like mm. no we have to inject some weirdness into this place and we did and everybody was so um eager to do so then i just fell in love with everybody in that group that's so funny. and mike and mike who was the musical director is who created haunting renditions with me and arranged all the songs oh that's he plays the piano that's right okay yes yeah. yes yeah so that it's all so full fun. circle i love it so full circle also i could just imagine can't you imagine it young elliot 18 year old elliot walks in it's like <laughs> i've got something to say <laughs> yes the jerry blank moment as i call exactly. it <laughs> yes it's true I, and i dressed like her too basically I, <laughs> my goal in, in college was like to look as crazy as humanly possible I, I don't know why but i looked i looked i looked like something was truly tr- i'm not going to use the word but i looked there looked there's something wrong with me in the way that i dressed it was like beyond Could just you give me like an example of an ensemble just like uh like I got a pair of jeans and I was like, I got to spray paint these jeans. And I spray painted them like pink and green. And I don't know what was happening with me. I don't know what was happening, but I just, and I, I straight ironed my hair and pretended I didn't. So people would be like, wow, your hair looks cool. And I'm like, yeah, just normal hair. And it's like, what? You look like you're in an anime cartoon, Elliot. You have Jewish hair and it's like flat ironed. I'm like, yeah, just normal hair. It's like, I was uh, I have no idea what that identity crisis was, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> wait, wait, oh, okay. We're right, right at the end. I, last yeah. question, though. When did that identity crisis resolve itself? When were you <laughs> done with the spray painting of your jeans? Honestly, I think it really was like pretty much after college, but especially once I started doing like stand up and, and improv and sketch, I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to, I, I really shouldn't be somebody who's like, uh, um, distracting people with my weird clothes. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. But do you guys know Ashley Bezgin? Uh, she's a she's a stand-up in New York who I think you actually would love. She's so funny. But she was in the acapella group with me and she also dressed like a maniac, but <laughs> has evolved to this day where her looks are, her looks, she serves. She serves uh-huh, these looks. Uh-huh. Yes. And I'm like, oh, that is how you, like, she, we did it together in acapella, and now years later, she's doing it, it, it perfectly. And <laughs> he, like she, like me, was like, "Oh, I'm just." She does stand up, and she was like afraid of distracting with her looks on stage. So even she said she would, <laughs> she would go on stage wearing like bad like khakis, and she knew that was like the wrong turn to take. But 
ultimately, yeah, I was like, I got, I gotta like, I gotta get out of this zone of needing to wear like goofy clothes. And it really wasn't until I started going up on stage a bunch that I was like, okay, time to dress like a person. <laughs> <laughs> Now's the time. Oh, oh Elliot, this was a beautiful moment in time. Oh, thank you. I love thank doing you. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming to visit us. Yeah. This was a really magical. It was a joy just to see your face. I know. And yours too, and yours. You're looking well. You're looking thank well. You. All right, you guys. We'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.